0: Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. By the way, did you know? Do you know how the uh, the books are arranged in the New Testament? I told you that. So you've got um, you know, you've got the Gospels first, of course, and Acts, which kind of goes along with the Gospels. It's Acts is a two part with Luke and Acts, and then you've got the letters of Paul, which are arranged really, really. Um, Theologically, it's from longest to shortest. <laughs> longest to shortest, that's it. Okay. And then, of course, you've got Hebrews stuck on there um, uh, at the end of Pauline letters because people think that Paul had at least something to do with Hebrews. And then it goes um, goes on from there. But Pauline letters is longest to shortest. Which I'm sure they, you know, 1st and 2nd Corinthians and then the Thessalonians, they bump together. All right, everybody in Galatians? No. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, what you've already done here today. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy to us. Lord, you've given us your word, you've given us your scripture in order for us to know more about you. Lord, I pray, show us something today that will help us. Lord, wherever everyone is here in their walk with you, in their walk in life, Lord, I pray you'll meet each person where they are so that we can grasp a little something more about you, something more about your character, something more about how we should believe or how we should act so that we can take that next step to being more like Jesus. Lord, help me, please. Lord, share your word with everybody through me. Lord, let it uh, be communicated well, and if it's something that's not supposed to be said, I pray that you'll just shut my mouth before it ever opens. Or if there's something else that needs to be said that I, um, I haven't yet heard from you, I pray just go ahead and, and do that too, Lord. I want to be just your messenger, your servant up here. In Jesus' name, Amen. There's a, a Jewish rabbi named uh, Akiva uh, in the latter part of the first century. You might have heard of him. A uh, very famous rabbi. Um, he was born, I believe, in the mid to late 50s and lived uh, approximately to like 120 something AD. Um, he was very, very influential in the um, Jewish community and, and some of their um, other writings. Um, to go along with the scripture. Uh, there's a kind of apocryphal story about him, so I say that up front. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but it's a good story, so I'm going to use it anyway. Um, evidently, he was, he was walking home uh, one, one evening studying the scriptures and really, really intent in his, uh, in his study, and so he missed the left turn that he was supposed to go, uh, take to go to his home in, in Capernaum and found himself uh, at a Roman garrison, a fortress. And he he looked up, and all of a sudden is is right there, and he hears this voice that shouts to him, Who are you, and what are you doing here? He's kind of startled, and he said, What? And the the voice from the Roman soldier came to him again, Who are you? What are you doing here? He thought for a second, he said, how much do you get paid to ask me these two questions? <laughs> and the Roman soldier kind of, I, I, I can imagine, kind of went, Who is this guy? <laughs> right? He said, Two drachma a week. And he ans- Akiba answered back to him and said, I will pay you twice that amount if you will come to my house and ask me those two questions every morning. <laughs> Who are you? And what are you doing here? You know, those are some of the greatest questions that we can ask of ourselves. Who are you? What are you doing here? And what I want to try to, start, try to do in the next several weeks or so is to really put a good firm foundation under us of who are we because of and because we are in Jesus Christ, who are we? Let me um, start by re- reading this passage out of Galatians. I'm just going to go uh, through 14 today. I I have preached some of this before, uh, but I was asking the Lord, okay, where do you where do you want me to start here? And, and I really felt He said Galatians 3. Um, so this is going to be different, uh, although some of the material will be the same. Also, um, I really. I'm going to have to split this up into at least two messages. (laughs) So, um, just to give you a heads up, we may not get to the who are you as much today, but I've got to put in a lot of background, a lot of foundation work. Okay, so if we don't get to the, hey, this is who I am in Jesus today, it's coming, just bear with me, uh, because we need to get that uh, foundation from the Old Testament. All right, so... Galatians 3.1. You foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you? I really hope that the Lord wouldn't start a letter to me like, like, like that. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was public, publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit... Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law, or by hearing with faith? Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. For as many as who are I'm sorry, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, "Curses is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, you know. When um, there's so much to, to unpack in here, okay, that's why I'm going back to the Old Testament. Is Paul and Paul in the letter goes back to the Old Testament, okay? So I'm I'm on good stable ground to go back to the Old Testament and then try to explain that. You know, I've um, you know, we all are some sort of a conglomeration from our parents, right? Whether you have dark hair or light hair, blue eyes, brown eyes, whether you're tall or short, whether you've got light, light skin, dark skin, right? Whether you um, uh, are uh, so much of your physical characteristics are because of your family, Right? Whether you, uh, the way your parents look, you know, I've got brown eyes, and I have number one, number two, and number three who have brown eyes, and they seem to have gotten darker as they went along, and I would have bet anything that number four would have come out with what? Brown Brown eyes. No. The most beautiful blue eyes you've ever seen. It does not come from me. But Ruth has blue eyes, and her family all has blue eyes. Right? So we are a mix of our, you know, uh, somehow of our parents and not just our parents, but it goes back generation after generation after generation. It, It might not be me and Ruth. It might be her parents or my parents or the next generation back. Also, a lot of our Other characteristics that we may not see naturally come from those generations back. Whether it it may be, um, uh, think about even just how we speak. What language do you speak in? I think everybody here speaks English, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what? If you grew up in a family that spoke only Spanish or spoke only Korean or spoke only um, uh, like Portuguese or whatever, you would speak a different language. Why? Because that's where you grew up. Right? Yep. So a lot of our learned characteristics, a lot of the things that may, we may have inside of us that you know some people suffer with sickness and disease because they've had something from generations back. Correct? Now a lot of that we can break off, but that's a different sermon all together okay but i'm i'm giving you all this because we need to know not ju- our 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 heritage in Jesus we need to know our spiritual lineage because our spiritual lineage if we find that out will will let us know about who we are today right just like our our natural lineage i i, I can look and I can say i'm i am the person i am today because of my parents fair enough or I know um, my grandmother uh, years ago was diagnosed with cancer and I remember um, my mom's cousins all saying well that changed everything because now when I go to the doctor I have to say yes there is cancer in my family right but you know that because of the family history so it's the same thing spiritually. We need to know our family history. So I'm going to go back to where Paul s- goes back to for our family history. So if you flip with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter number twelve, Genesis twelve. Where does that start? <laughs> Do I have the fingers out, Galatians? Do you want to, uh, or? Um, you you, know what, you can you can let it off for right now, okay? okay? Yep. Because okay. we'll we'll be in Genesis for just a little bit, All right? Genesis 12. Abraham actually, right when we start in Genesis 12, it's still Abram. Anybody know what the what Abram means? Was what does, was what does the name Abram mean? Yes, sir. What's that? Said, hey Siri, Karis, hey <laughs> did you did you? I you have a sister pointing to you. I'm going to go ahead and use the blackboard since it's here. <laughs> Exalted Father, okay. Mind you, Abraham is 70 something years old when he when when God said, comes to him and says, um, "Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I'll show you." I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in all the families of the earth, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. But he doesn't have any kids. He's in his 70s, right? No kids. Can you imagine? Your name is the greatest dad in the world. Okay? That's what your name is. Greatest. You've got your placard on your desk, when you walk in, you know, somebody walks in and you know it says your name, greatest dad in the world, <laughs> and everybody looks at you and says you're the greatest dad in the world. He says that's my that's that's who I am. Yes, I'm the greatest dad in the world. How many kids do you have? None. <laughs> do you see the humor? Mm-hmm. Yes. And God comes and says you're going to be the greatest dad in the world. <laughs> And here, Abraham, um, Abraham at the time, I'm sure he's scratching his head going, that's what I've heard all my life. Right? And God says, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. This is verse 2. I will make your name great. And so you shall, you shall be a blessing. The idea here is that God is going to bless Abraham to be a blessing to others, not just the people around him, not just uh, Sarai, his wife, not just um, his 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 family unit, you know, Lot and his his family, and the, uh, Abraham, you'll find out, had 300 people even born in his house who were um, servants in his house. So I'm not just going to be have you be a blessing to them. I'm going to have you be a blessing. I'm going to bless you so much you're going to be a blessing to nations and to generation after generation after generation to come. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. In fact, the, the idea, I read one commentator in, in Galatians, that he said that the idea was, if you were going to say the greatest blessing in, under heaven is to say you will be blessed as Abraham. That's the idea. The, the, the founder of being blessed is, is the blessing that you have, Abraham? So when it talks about the blessing of Abraham, and I'll get into that more just in just a in just a little bit, but um, I'm trying to think whether I should do that now. Let's go. Let's go one more passage. Uh, flip over to Genesis 15. Genesis 15. I do need to say that too. Um, notice it said, uh, what God came and told him that you need to, to leave your family, leave your homeland and go. Right? The whole idea was um, that, that he would receive the blessing. Okay? Uh, track with me just a second. I oh, want to make sure you get. It. God is blessing him, right? But it's from that point forward. He was leaving whatever inheritance, you know, and we don't know exactly what that would be. But he's leaving any land that they may have. He's leaving anything from his family. He is. He's. He's. He's leaving all that in order to because God has said, "I'm going to make. I'm going to be a make you a blessing." Right, so he receives the blessing of God. Okay? Everybody got that? Mm-hmm. From Abraham forward, you start to see the blessing and the inheritance. And those are two different things. You know that, right? There's, have, have, I, have I taught on that before? The blessing and the inheritance? That's going to be a different sermon, but let me just kind of give it in a nutshell uh, you see, with Jacob and Esau, right? Um, Esau sells his birthright for the porridge. Okay, the, what he sold there was basically the inheritance. What what all Jacob? Um, I'm sorry. What so? What all Isaac had to give as an inheritance? Esau said, "Eh, I don't care about that. You, you can, I'll sell that for a for a bowl of soup. I don't care." But when it came to the blessing that Isaac was going to give to Jacob and Esau, and the blessing, if you go to um, Deuteronomy 8.18, you don't have to go there, but if you, if you want to write it down, um, the, the idea is, is it, the blessing is the ability to create, to make wealth. Esau wanted that. He wanted the power. But what he didn't want, he didn't care about the inheritance. Yeah, you can, you can take it or leave it. Which is not a good thing to do. God really did not like that very much. But he wanted the blessing. He wanted the power behind it. So what you have with Abram, is God gives him the blessing, and he says, I want you to leave everything, leave it all behind, knowing that I have blessed you. By the way, does that sound sort of like salvation? Leave everything, because all all you have is Jesus. Now, I'm going to bless you, right? I'm going to give you a blessing, but you need to be willing to leave everything else behind. And that's what God did with Abram. Leave it all behind, and just know, I'm going to bless you if you do. Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I'm a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. So God prote- he said, I'm going to protect you also. So I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to make you a nation. All the nations of the world are going to be blessed in you. I'm going to also be a shield to you, your protection. And your reward will be great. Abraham, Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me since I'm childless? The heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. He's my servant. And Abram said, Since you have given me no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. And then, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. He took him outside. God took Abram outside and said, Now look toward the heavens. Count the stars if you're able to count them. He said to him, So shall your descendants be. Now, that, that doesn't mean that that's how many kids that Sarah's going to have, right? It's talking about generation after generation. Your descendants are going to be like the stars. And he believed, Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Okay, we just read that out of Galatians 3, right? Okay, so this is, this is God preaching to Abram the gospel. Beforehand. He said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of Chaldeans to, to give you the land to possess, to possess it. He said, O oh Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove, dove and a young pigeon. He brought all these things to him. Cut him in two and laid each half opposite the other. But he did not cut the bird's. The birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, and Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for four hundred years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you... You shall go to your fathers in peace. You'll be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. It came about when the sun had set. It was very dark. Behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch, which passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenite, the Kenizzite, the Kadmonite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, and the uh, Rephaim, Rephaim. And the Amorite and the Canaanite, the Girgashite, and the Jebusite. So what we have is God giving Abram a promise. And what, what was the promise that God gave to Abram where it says he, he reckoned to him his righteousness? What was the big promise here? Say again? Okay, blessing of the nations. What was the big promise that that's part of the blessing? A son. Right? So, God said, I'm going to give you a kid. And Abraham believed in the, the promised seed. Right? The promised child. We were just reading about a promised child, right? Abram, this is the, the, like I said, this is why the gospel, this, that's why Paul says this, the gospel was preached to, to Abram beforehand. I'm going to give a promised son that all the nations of the world are going to be blessed because of this promised son. And Abram believed in the promised child, Right? Before, before he saw it, before he saw it, he believed God. It says God gave him righteousness because of it. Does that sound familiar? But like if we we are also asked to believe in the promised child, right? Believe in Jesus. What do you have to do? What do you have to do in order to get saved? It's not about work. It's about belief. It's about you believe in Jesus. Now, after you believe, let me tell you, he's going to have you do some stuff. All right? But it's just believe. Believe in the promised child, just like Abram. Right? And then, somebody needs to slow that clock down. It does this every week on me. <laughs> Keep reaching. So, then it says that God made a covenant with Abram. Right? Now, if you if you know about a covenant, they actually, they call it cutting a covenant. And they, they, they say it that way for a, a reason. What they did is they took an animal and said, so they, they didn't do this with the birds, but with the animals. They cut them in two. Right? They'd lay half over here and half over here. Half over there, half over there. And when you'd make a covenant, so it'd be like two kings making a covenant together, or um, two people they make a covenant. So they they, they they lay out the line items of the covenant, right? Maybe it is something like, um, I'm not going to go past this line to harm you or your people, and you're not going to go past this line to harm me or my people. And they say, okay, that sounds good to us, all right? And so then they, they both, what they would do is they would pass through these these animals that have been cut, and the whole idea was, if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, you will be like these animals and get cut yourself. You will be cut into like these animals if you do not hold up your end of the bargain. If you, if you, um, if you come over, if you basically break this treaty, it's death. Now, what happens? with Abram here did Abram go through the the animals no who did God God himself says if you are not able to fulfill all the stipulations of this covenant I will die You get that? God takes both parties. I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. If you can't hold up your end of the bargain, I'll take the punishment too, instead of you. If you can't hold up your end, I will die. I'm going to hold up my end, and I'll make sure if you either hold up your end, or if you don't, it's the punishment's on me. Do you see it? Does that sound familiar? Did can can did has anyone in here been able to hold up and, and do all of the uh all of the laws of the old covenant? Anybody? I I was I was listening to um, Ruth. I I think it was yesterday. Um she said, you know, when, when you, you have a little baby and you look at them and you go, they're perfect. There is absolutely nothing in this little child that is not perfect, right? And you, you look at them and you love them and you care for them and they're the apple of your eye and they're just beautiful and wonderful and, and then, you know, they get to be about two and you say, sweetie, come to, come to daddy and they look up at you and their eyes change, And you see this little thing in their eyes that is different. And they look at you and they say, No! And you say, I did not teach you that. Right? And you all of a sudden realize that there is sin in the world. And somehow it got into your perfect little baby. Hello? And all of a sudden... That command is broken. Right? And none of us are able to live up to all the commands of the covenant. And God says, if you can't do this, I'll die. And that's when when, when Paul says... Jesus came to be a curse for us. Let me let me end on this. I've got one, one other thing I want to share with you. Um, flip over real quickly, if you will, to Joshua chapter ten. Joshua ten, and I'm going to try to I'm going to try to end here. Joshua ten. In, in Deuteronomy it says that anybody who is um, ha- hanged upon a tree is cursed okay anyone who's um, hung upon a tree is cursed let me read this passage real quickly and then I want to explain that just a little bit uh, Joshua ten twenty six. it said so afterward, Joshua struck them and put them to death and they hanged them on five trees these are the five kings they hung on the trees until evening it came about at sunset that Joshua gave a command and they took him down from the trees and threw them into a cave where they had hidden themselves and put large stones over the mouth of the cave to this very day. The idea was, is that um, they may be able to, like Joshua killed these, these five kings, okay? But that wasn't good, that wasn't bad enough for them, just being killed. We go, what? What? So he kills them and then he hangs them on trees. The idea is, is y- your, your death is. is I'm going to put you up and let God Himself curse you. Because the death that I'm installing in you isn't enough. It's not just to be killed in this life, it's to be cursed in the afterlife. God himself will curse you by hanging you on the tree. They'd already, they were already dead. They were already defeated and already killed. Right? Joshua. So he kills them and then he hangs them up. Then he follows the Lord's command and takes them down and then he throws them in and this is, it goes on. If, if He throws them in the cave and then piles up a huge bunch of stone on top of it to, to basically say, and you'll never rise again. And then you have Paul. Pick this up. Let me read this passage just again for us. And hopefully, what, I, what I, all I've tried to really do today is I want I to put some foundation in. I want to put some underpinnings in so that we can start to see uh, who we are in Jesus. I want us to start to see what Jesus did for us. And so that we can, once we start seeing that God prepared all this for us beforehand. And the blessings that Abraham had, that we have, we'll start to see who we are. We'll get to that next week. Okay, so stay with me. I just had to put in a bunch of background first. Um, Verse 5 of of Galatians 3 again. So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or hearing by faith? Abraham believed, right? Before he was given any laws to follow, he believed first. That's Paul's point. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. Again, those who believe in the promised child, just like Abraham, right? Right? And we know who the promised seed is, right? Those who believe, um, those are the, where did I go? Um, Those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Verse 8 The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. If you look in Romans, it actually says that Abraham inherited all the nations. They were all, all the nations were given to him. All the whole world. For as many are, as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Curse is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. Right? We know that we can't, we're, we're under a curse because we are not able to perform all the works of the law. But God provided beforehand saying, If you can't do it, I'll take the punishment. Right? Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why? Because we couldn't. Right? And God was going to keep his covenant promise to Abraham. He's going to keep that covenant promise safe. You can't do it, I'll pay the penalty. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I'm going to I'm going to leave it right there. hang with me. I know I didn't get to the application and as much of of you know who are we, but hopefully you can see the where we're going and start to see this is what God has provided for us and then next week we're going to do a little bit more out of Galatians three. we're going to do the rest of Galatians three and we're going to see. Who we are, the blessings of Abraham, who we are, and and what, um, where, where is this supposed to take us? How is this to inform and and change our thinking so that we can fulfill all of those things that God has for us? Okay, we'll start to put that together. It's not going to be complete, but we'll start to at least out of Galatians three see who, according to Galatians, who. Are we in Christ? Mm -hmm. It's exciting. And I'm going to leave you hanging. And if you want to just study it up, you can. And uh, we'll see if we come up with the same answer. Good? All right. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your word. And Lord, thank you... Boy, you you've done so much for us. You 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 made a you started making a way possible all the way back to Adam and, and confirmed it again with Abraham and made the covenant so that we would have a place with you. And Lord Jesus, thank you. We I don't think any of us will ever understand what it meant to be a curse for us to not just die a death, which that would be incredible, but to die a death and end up being cursed when we were the ones that deserved it. Thank you for being willing to do that. Thank you for taking that for us, and thank you so much for sending your Spirit, Lord. We um, we want more. Oh, we, we want more of you, more of your Spirit, so that we can know you and love you more and be a better witness. Lord, let, it, let, it, let that cry not be a, a selfish cry that we just want to be more of a blessing for us. But Lord, a cry of, of, Lord, we want to be blessed so that we can be a blessing, just like Abraham. That we're blessed to be a blessing. Yes. That we're able to give to generation after generation. And it will, Lord, that we have the blessing to become a nation. So that generations from now, people will look back and say, I'm blessed because of those folks in 2021. They're still passing it down. Lord, I, I do, in the name of the Lord, bless each person, each family represented here, those who are listening over the internet this morning Lord I, I speak the blessing over them that they will they will be the head and not the tail that they will be blessed and not cursed that they will be provided for and have no lack that they will be well and not be sick that they will have all the blessings and privileges and rights of a son son of Abraham the son of God and I release that over each person over each family represented thank you for it Lord in Jesus name Amen Amen.